You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. What is it like to be in high school today? What challenges and pressures are our patients and our children facing? Life has clearly changed since we were in school. Welcome to the ReachMD Book Club. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, Director of Foothill Psychiatry in Boise, your host, and with me today is Marissa Miley, co-author of Restless Virgins, Love, Sex, and Survival in a New England Prep School. Marissa is an alum of Milton Academy, where the book takes place. She has worked on Harvard's Initiative on Global Health and at The Atlantic before writing this book. Welcome to ReachMD. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Now, Marissa, you've learned a lot about teens and their parents while researching your book. For the people who haven't read it, why don't you give us just a quick rundown of what the book is looking at? Sure. It's Restless Virgins of Examining Teenage Social and Sexual pressures, attitudes, and behaviors today. It chronicles the experiences. It's a nonfiction book, and it chronicles the experiences of seven main students throughout a year at Milton Academy, during which a widely publicized scandal sort of rocked the school and rocked the Boston area, where five boys had received oral sex from one girl who was a 15-year-old student. The boys were all over the age of 16, and they had been expelled and were charged in Massachusetts with statutory rape. And so my co-author, Abigail Jones, and I went back to Milton, our alma mater, and decided to investigate what it was like in high school during that year. One of the most amazing things in the book to me was how parents and the school administration as well really just sort of turned their heads to what was going on on a daily basis with these kids. Do you think that that we can generalize that, that there's a generational chasm between what teenagers are doing— and what we as parents and other adults think they're doing? That was one of the more startling findings while researching Restless Virgins. We sensed from the widespread media coverage of the Milton scandal and sort of the division that emerged within the school between people who were shocked or people who shrugged their shoulders and said, no big deal, that this was going to explore, uh, there were going to be different opinions and different perspectives. People were going to be surprised. But we had no idea how out of the loop some children thought their parents were and some parents were. There seemed to be a divide, not only between behavior, but attitudes. And so we chose to profile students. And this is a book we want to give you an intimate look at what it was like to be a teenager during 2004, 2005. Not exactly what the teens were doing, but why they were doing it, what they were feeling in their motivations. And We were really surprised that very few of the students we met with, and we met with 28 students from the graduating class of 180, that few of them talk with their parents about sex, and and not just physical sex, but the emotional components as well. So that the teens were familiar with how to put a condom on a cucumber. They'd learned that in sex ed, but they were less familiar with talking about their emotions and what it meant to hook up with someone casually without commitment and how they might feel the next day and what the long-term effects of that would be. And for those that aren't familiar, our listeners out there who may not know about Milton Academy, uh, what kind of place is Milton? Milton Academy is a prep school located an eight miles south of Boston. It has a rich legacy of over 200 years. Famous alums like Ted Kennedy, T.S. Eliot, James Taylor did a stint there before getting kicked out. But this is a very storied place with strong intellectual history and very prestigious, where the the best and and talented from around the U.S. and around the world actually come to study. It's half boarding community, half day students. So it definitely has a 24-hour 
school mentality. And what's the tuition? The tuition is over 30,000. We're talking very well-educated, affluent people. We are. I mean, Milton does give about a third scholarship and uh, financial help to its students. So we, we really set out to, in Restless Virgins, to cover a wide spectrum of social, socioeconomic experiences so that this wasn't going to be just a privileged story. So is it possible that parents and physicians can have any meaningful impact on teen sexual behavior given what's going on out there? Absolutely. The teens that we interviewed, many of them wanted so desperately to talk with their parents, but they felt that they couldn't bridge that gap. They felt that it was uncomfortable and awkward. And I know how awkward it was when I had conversations with my parents, and I was very lucky to have them at started at a very young age. But certainly, physicians and parents need to keep in mind that we're not just talking about sexual health here. We're talking physical sexual health. We're talking about emotional health, too. And there's an opportunity to open up a conversation and talk very frankly with with teens today. Now, in your book, In Restless Virgins, oral sex seems like a, a very commonplace event, I, I think really even more so than kissing. <laughs> um, why, why is this? Well, oral sex one way, and that's certainly girls performing oral sex on boys. It's come to be something that is no bigger than kissing. It's something that comes without commitment. Some students felt that it was safer than sex, that you can't get pregnant from it, even though, as you know and many of your listeners will know, that you can get STDs from oral sex. But it was very startling the other way around. Very few Boys desired to perform oral sex on girls. They felt it was sloppy. They thought it was smelly and disgusting. And those are real quotes from the students. And that's sort of playing into this gender. We're not in a level playing field. It's still a boy's world out there. So it's not just oral sex around across the board. It's, it's one way. And it's something that we need to empower our girls to choose themselves and to not compromise themselves for a guy just to get him to like her. Because we found that it's not that the girls so desperately wanted to perform the oral sex. They just thought that it would help them either secure social status or help them make them feel better about themselves. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Marissa Miley, co-author of Restless Virgins. So, Marissa, tell us more about the state of gender relationships in teens today. Not many things have changed since I was in high school in the late 1990s. I graduated in 98 from Milton. Certainly the pressures to fit in and to be well-liked and to do well are still there. But something has changed, and that's the culture around us. And while we are, we should be in a third wave of feminism, we should be light years away from gender inequities, especially in high school, we're not at all. And whether it's the accessibility of pornography, where girls are continually objectified and demeaned, and now that it's more accessible, high school boys who are going through their own hormonal surges dream up these schemes and actually press girls to follow through with them. It's sort of perpetuating this uneven playing field. And it's something that it's not just about empowering our girls and telling our girls to choose themselves, it's also empowering our boys and to not only tell them to respect and show them how to respect girls and women, but also respect themselves. Who has the upper hand in post-feminist sex? Well, it, it would seem that the boys do, that these alpha male in Milton, they were the popular hockey players. 
and girls who thought they may have had the, the upper hand were falsely empowered because when it came down to it, they were really engaging in casual sex for guys and for boys' attention or validation. And this was heartbreaking for Abigail and I to, to learn as part of our interviewing and research because we've made such great strides in feminism and post-feminist society. So it seems like in many ways, in many ways we've taken a huge step forward. Milton used to be a single-sex edu- uh, institution where girls were educated on one side of the street and boys were educated on the other. And now it's co-ed and you have equal opportunities, but it seems that in some ways we've taken a step back. Now, who do you see as the audience for your book? Is is it really geared to, to kids or to parents or both? My co-author Abigail Jones and I see the audience as both for teenagers and for, for adults, for physicians, for parents, for coaches. We're hoping that by giving a real intimate glimpse at a group of students throughout one year of high school, that we are helping open up a conversation about teenage sexuality. Because right now we have a culture, sex is all around us, but parents, we found that very few families were talking frankly about the sex and the sex in the media and entertainment. And as we know, schools are grappling with how to teach sexual education. Currently, absence education, absence-only education is in debate in Congress. And we have teens grappling alone with their coming-of-age experiences. And so really we're hoping that, that our book can help bridge the gap, the generation chasm that we feel is going on between teenagers and adults, and help them talk about these issues, which are very important to talk about. What role do you think physicians of teen patients should have in talking about these issues? What many of the students in Restless Virgins wanted was just a comfortable and welcoming place to talk about sexuality. And in the interviews with us, we did not judge. Our job was not to judge their behaviors. It was not to group or categorize anyone. And we just listened very candidly to their stories. And that was one of the things that they really valued and wanted in their relationships with adults. So that's something that physicians and parents can both be more attuned to. Well, it makes sense. Hopefully, uh, we're out there doing that. Thanks so much for being on the show, Marissa. Thank you so much for having me. We've been discussing teen relationships and the current sexual climate in high school with our guest, Marissa Miley, co-author of Restless Virgins. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the ReachMD Book Club on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments, so please visit us at ReachMD.com. Her new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Thank you for listening.